Hello, readers. Welcome to a special edition of 20 Questions with your favorite author. I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director of Cursed Dragonship Publishing. For Episode 7, we're celebrating the sword and sorcery phenomenon, Misplaced Mercenaries, because today is Big Damn Magic's book birthday, the third book in the series. The 13 kingdoms of the Misplaced Mercenaries universe create what a standard fantasy world might look like if you pantsed it, set it on fire, and kicked it into a pig pen full of switchblade-armed rattlesnakes. If it's not your favorite series now, it will be after. We are proud to bring you the author, Kevin Petway, the cover artist, Lena Shore, and the narrator, Christopher Kelly. Thank you. Welcome today. Thank you. Good to be here. So much fun being live. <laughs> Don't you love this? It's awesome, right? Was yep. that one of my twenty questions? Yeah, down to nineteen. Awesome, Kevin. <laughs> Want to know if this is awesome? Actually, Kevin, welcome. You're in the audience a lot. I'm so glad to actually have you on screen. Thank you. Um, and Kevin Petway is one of our um, authors at Curse Dragonship Publishing, so we are very, very lucky to have him on board. And I'll read you his bio real quick. So, years ago, Kevin Petway looked around and decided that while there was plenty of amazing fantasy produced today, there was a definite theme to it, and the Red Wedding just wasn't funny enough. Resolving to address this critical oversight, he has produced the Misplaced Mercenary series of books, which puts laughter back in slaughter, because that's where it belongs. Um... Kevin lives in Florida by the river in a house he always dreamt of with a woman who is too good for him and a pair of dogs who love him even when he forgets to feed them. Now he wants to be a writer because it is one of the few professions that will overlook his cursing with profusion and gusto in public. So welcome, Kevin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So I can't always start with the uh, very first question, and that is uh, misplaced mercenaries. Where did this thing come from? Uh, well, uh, you, you mean you mean the the series itself, not just the title? Yeah. Um, gosh. Um, honestly, I'm trying to remember. It, it's it's been a few years since I since I got started on it. I think I wanted I wanted to have a. Uh, I wanted to have a, a, a story frame where I could, I could have people who were really tight friends, um, like you get in a military unit. You get, you get the really, really tight, close friendships. And at the same time, have them be really bad people. Um, and that oh. was, <laughs> the mercenary unit seemed like a, like a natural fit for that. Um, and I had, you know, I had just been re reading like a lot of Joe Abercrombie and, uh, uh, no, is it, it, oh, uh, and, um, Joe Abercrombie and, uh, uh, George R. R. Martin. And I came away with, uh, from the experience of, uh, of the, uh, Game of Thrones books, uh, thinking that they were just, they were really dense, they were really heavy, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to write something that was that was lighter and and made you feel good when you got done at the with it at the end, uh, uh, made you feel happy and uh, uh, lightened. Um, so that that's that's really where what the genesis of all that was. Those were all the different uh, bits that got thrown in the pot and. Uh, you know, misplaced mercenaries was what I came out with. Excellent. Well, I love the two main characters, Keen and Sarah. They're really, really close. Like they need each other desperately, but they're like also brother and sister. Like there's no chance those two are going to get together. And yeah. I kind of really like that. So you're not always waiting for that romance to happening. You can actually explore other things. So why did you make that decision? Um, I always had really close friendships with women growing up and um, you know, men and women, but, but there is a particular dynamic that exists between, uh, uh, male and female friends when there is no, uh, you know, when it is totally platonic, there's no, there's no chance of a romantic relationship. 
Um, and I, I like that. I, I wanted to I wanted to put that down on on paper and and work with it and explore it and have fun with it. Um, and uh, and Keen and Sarah are both um, they're both very dear to me. Uh, I, I really I really enjoy them. Um, and uh, and I love putting their relationship through the ringer. It's it's a lot of fun. In a very platonic way, so I like it. It's very interesting. It's it's different than you normally see. So I much appreciated that. Let's see. Let's go to Lena Shore, Miss Lena Shore. She is the cover artist for the entire series, actually. So she's done a great job, and you can see the covers up there as they flash by. Um, she is a full-time freelancer who specializes in web development, graphic design, illustration, and lots of opinions about how to make your project better. In college, she majored in illustration and graphic design. She took a minor in fashion merchandising to get out of, <clears throat> I mean, reduce her art history requirements. The entire right. fashion department smelled like cosmetics. Ever the square peg, she wore cutoffs and smelled like art supplies. That's why we love her. She shares her 100-year-old historic home in Florida with her lovely husband, Kevin, their dog's book in River, and her trusty Mac. So I just gave away the punchline for those who don't know. Miss oh. Lena Shore and Mr. Kevin Petway are a very happily married couple. Today. So welcome, Lena. Today. Yeah, see? Right? <laughs> That's how marriage works. That's how marriage works. You're right. Um, so, Lena, question. So these covers, first of all, they're gorgeous. And I know, again, like I said, the, these are these are my people, right? So we went through choosing them. And um, we went through and I gave you a lot of rules. And I know Kevin was so easy to work with and not specific on anything oh. that had to be on the cover at all, right? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. Overall, he was really good. Overall. <laughs> You know, mostly we would talk and, and I would say, okay, well, who are the main characters in this one? And, uh, you know, what, who makes sense to be on the cover or, you know, and I didn't want, uh, I didn't want too many characters, you know, so then I would kind of step in and say, well, we only probably want a couple of things. And, and then we got the idea to do like an animal. So we always have some sort of animal and a person or two people and then I came up with color schemes. I was like, okay, we have this many books and what colors make the most sense for the books. And so I have them all planned out. Um, you know, we work on them closer to uh, when they get published, but, but they're all planned out so they could change. But uh, mostly it was pretty easy. Although this last one, he waited until the last minute to tell me he wanted a big change on the cover. Yeah, but which reminds okay. me. We, we didn't change the ebook, so I don't know. Kevin might be yelling at us right now. I'm sure he saw it right away. And he's like, hey, what's up with that ebook cover, man? Kevin's that, like, that I be like a talking about, but I'm totally going to look at it now. Actually, Zapo, if you'll pull up the one that has all the covers on it. I'm sorry for all of you listening at home, but it's really fun if you, like, come live and see this and you can see all this stuff. Or watch it on YouTube, because that's cool, too. It's like a game to. of find the difference. That's right. Um. Okay. Sorry, I have to. I have to add this live because I. I don't have that prepared. You don't have Big Damn Magic. You had one with all three covers. Oh, that's what you want. You want yeah. That? I do not ask you to create on the fly. <laughs> I know better. We are prepared bunch mostly. There, you there go. we go. Look at those beautiful covers. They're so pretty. So green, blue. So big damn magic is the newest one. So Kevin, please tell me what was it about this cover you wanted changed? Uh, I think it was Sarah's sword. It was. You think? Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I believe it, it was up high in the in the in the first draft, and because it's a you know the the the, the graphic is very flat, it just looked like the sword was going through her head. Um, and so we moved it, we being Lena, uh, moved it down. <laughs> so it was, you know, pointed out in front of her. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause that is, and, and mind you, the, the paperback covers look amazing. So we'll, we'll just have to change the ebook cover, but I can't see how you thought it was, is going through her head. I don't know. It didn't bother me. I think because it was two dimensional. Uh -huh. 
But, you know, it was an easy fix, and Lena loves you, and I didn't care. So it yeah, totally- see, Lena, it was an easy fix. <laughs> yeah, it was an easy fix. I heard that. It was an easy fix. And he, and he timed it really well, too, because I had just sent the final off. <laughs> then I get, oh, hey. <laughs> oh, I, I had to go back and go, no problem, I'll just upload it again. It's great. <laughs> And by the way, for any other authors working with a, a graphic designer like that, the oh, hey, at the last minute is the mark of the ideal client. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we all look for. Right, Lena? Totally. Yeah. If it's, if it's not, you know, two minutes before midnight, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, let's see. Let's. Uh, Haley, I'll get to your question in just a minute, because what I want to do first is introduce Christopher Kelly, our amazing narrator for this series. And Christopher graduated in 2011 with a degree in theater with an emphasis in performance. He performed professionally in regional theater and then went on to tour as a performer and director for a traveling children's theater company before returning home to start a family. He has spent the last several years in Montgomery, Alabama with his wife, Carrie, their daughters, four-year-old Clara and 10-month-old Cora Jean. Their dog, Maleficent, Millie, and their cat, Pabu. He now hopes to use his voice to help bring stories to life. Welcome, Chris. It's so good to see you. Hey, yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. That's amazing. So, in this amazing series that you were lucky enough to narrate, by the way, we were so lucky to find you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's the damn truth. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've loved and learned every minute of this you know um i really have well not not every minute because sometimes i'll realize that you know i called keen kane for two chapters straight so i got to go redo <laughs> the, the entire audio for two chapters but <laughs> st stuff that i didn't bring myself um i definitely have really enjoyed <laughs> That's awesome. Well, now we wanted the inside scoop. Is there any, is there something like really strange that Kevin asked you for? I'm, hmm. I'm just wondering. I'm looking no. for confession here. Any strange like accents? last minute, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes before uh, midnight. Let's see. Uh, no, no, we, we, there's stuff that, that is normally on me, you know, like I'll, uh, it'll be like a completely normal word and I'll mis mispronounce it for like, two chapters and then fix it suddenly and he'll be like hey you know you did this and that, you know and that, but but uh not no mostly what what i stop and i go really man is some of the just really really creative curses about oldham and i have minutes that my wife has requested i put together of me just laughing um <laughs> the microphone trying to say these and, <laughs> and, oh, that's and right. you just, never told me that <laughs> yeah yeah i've got blooper reels from the first two books and probably will oh, for, for this one too. that's hysterical <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah. I would enjoy hearing those. <laughs> I know. We're, we're going to have to do a special once we get the audio done for Big Damn Magic because we have the audio for Good Running yeah. Away and um, Blow Out the Candle When You Leave. Those are set and ready for all of you audio fans. And um, actually, we also have a short story you can download for free, and I'll put that in the um, chat in just a minute. So you can hear Chris's amazing voice and reading Kevin's incredible literature. It's literature, <laughs> right? That short story, all upper class, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, actually, Chris, uh, that, does, that does remind me. Um, we talked about your daughter before and, and uh, you know, you, you set up and when do you record this? Is she in bed <laughs> asleep? Is she out at school? Uh, what, how, do, how, do, how do you work that? I typically and it's it's a lot of fun to be a, a, a voiceover artist when you live. Uh, down the road from a military base, an air, an airport, or, or an air force base, across the road from a train, and you have a four-year-old and a ten-month-old. That is, oh my gosh, that is a whole lot of fun and <laughs> and all of that. But uh, yeah, I a lot of times I'll record it just really early in the morning. It'll be mm. kind of that two, three a.m. is magic hour, um, <laughs> and so that's that's when I'll so I'll be. Up, I'll be cackling in my booth here at 
3 a.m. and my daughter is happy asleep and every now and then my wife will bang on the door and say just just read stop (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) and that because that is always louder than than the recording yeah yeah she also gets on the blooper reel i make sure to save all of the burps and sneezes right into it I think I should leave the burp in. I think that's going to work. Just leave it. Just let it be. That's so awesome. I think you need to write just for him. Right? right? He's going to start putting things in for you to read. Yeah. Wait till you see what you get on April Fool's Day. Oh, Kevin, there's a short story. I didn't know there was another short story. Kevin's like, yeah, there totally right? is. Chris, read this one. <laughs> yeah. just, for, just for me. Just for. <laughs> so I do want to ask out of the audience. Oh, first, I want to tell you there's a few people on here. We've got um, RTP for Uga. So it's somebody's cousin. So I'm not sure who that is. So if you want to say who you are, I will introduce you. And Christian Mike says hi. <laughs> That's yeah. my sister. There you go. So Christian Mike is on saying hi. And um, Talis Twan, he says, I'm pretty sure Harmon and Eli burp a lot. So let's see. And I posted the free short story, um, audio version. So that's on there. You can download that for free and see how amazing it is. And then you'll be ready for the next two books. Um, And then Haley had a question for you, Kevin. She wants to know, is there going to be a book four? Uh, yeah, I I finished uh, writing the first draft last week and have been editing it uh, last week and this week. Um, so there's going to be a book four. And then once I get done with that, uh, there will be book five, which should wrap up the whole thing. Nice. It'll be so much fun. But are you done with this entire world after five books? So there's also another book that I wrote, which was originally book four, and I couldn't slide it past my publisher um, because uh, she, she, she didn't like the fact that, that none of the main characters were in it, um, which is sort of understandable, I guess. That horrible um, person. These pub- I mean, these editors, you just can't rely on them. They're really? So- they're you mean. know, who knows where their head's at? <laughs> anyway, um, I think once we're done with this series, we'll probably uh, whip that one into shape and, and do it as a standalone. Um, and then I've got a couple of short stories um, that I also want to write uh, in this world. After that, I'm prob- probably done with books uh, in uh, for Misplaced Mercenaries. i I can't really say that hundred percent, but I do have some, I do have my eye on some other projects that I want to do, you know, down the road. Um, I, I had a, a, a person ask me for a, a short story uh, earlier today that I had not actually considered until she, she started talking about it. Um, and, and I just loved the idea. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what it is because it, it would spoil uh, some things for book three. Um, but, uh, but it was a good idea and I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to write it. I think it'd be really funny. Mary it's- Natwick says she begged actually. Oh, well, yes, yes. <laughs> it, it was Mary's, it was Mary's idea. It's, it's, it, it was a good one too. I really liked it. Awesome. Good job, Mary. Keep it up. Oh, and the RTP person is cousin Bobby. Oh, Hey. See? Wonderful people on today. And we have, I'm going to assume, Chris, that it is your wife since the Kelly is the last name. Mm. She says she's being a supportive wife here. Yes, and she is incredible. And I hope that she just got in and not earlier when I was talking. <laughs> I love you. Why would, why, would you not her, why would you not want her to know how much you love her and respect her and... And, and worship the ground she walks on. Just, and, she's incredible. She's my reason for living. It's, you know. Well, and that's we, exactly what he said before. That's exact work for, and, and this isn't recorded and put on YouTube or a podcast or anything later. So. <laughs> um, no, he was wonderful. It was good. Uh, so I was wondering, Lena, do you have any questions for Kevin? I 
do. I have a few questions prepared. Ooh. Let's hear. Let's hear him. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear All right. Him. I have six quick questions. Number one, if we had not chosen the graphic style for the current Misplaced Mercenaries book series, what art style might you have chosen? Um, I really like uh, I really like the, the the painted covers that that have you know a couple of the characters from the book uh, on it. I like the fact that you can kind of pick up that book and look at the cover and get a sense of who that person is that you carry throughout the reading experience. Uh -huh. um, I think it 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 uh, it lets you fix that character in your mind just a little bit better. Uh, so I would I would have gone with something you know like a painted uh, cover. Okay. Number two, what color is the next book cover? Oh, orange. Wrong. Yes. Number three, what is your favorite book cover besides your own? Um, so I don't remember the author. The name of the book was Raphael. Um, and it was about an angel. The, the angel Raphael, who uh, had had come down to earth as a as a human, um, not of his own volition. But the cover was uh, Raphael and another character from the book walking through a field. And it was um, it, it, it was sort of expressionistic. Uh, I, but I, I just I really loved it. I've carried that cover in my head uh, ever since I read it, which I was, you know, in my 20s. Um, and, uh, and then that's really all it was. I mean, it was just them walking in a field, but it, it, it very perfectly encapsulated that book. And I just, I love the synergy between that. I will have to look that up. Well, I just want you to know, Lena, in your defense, um, mm -hmm. uh, Kelly says nice cover, Kevin. Um, let's see. Cousin, what was it? Cousin Bobby. Cousin, Cousin Bobby says the covers are mesmerizing. Mm, I like and it. Dave loves He's the covers right. and he just redid all of his. So he loves the covers too. And <laughs> I do want to tell you though, Haley wants to know, and this is a very good question because I myself have had this question. Haley wants to know if genius junior, which is a very important character in the first book, a little baby pig that they adopt and it's really cute. Um, if baby, if genius junior is ever going to make another guest appearance, maybe as a plate of bacon or like yeah. for real, <laughs> right there on Kevin's hat. The bacon uh, or genius? The pig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's why you had to have the hat. Oh, there he is. I'm like, I don't see a pig. Oh, there it is. All right. I got gotcha. you. Oh, uh, so yes. Um, Jenny uh, was in uh, the original book four, uh, which got sidetracked. Um, but then, uh, she also makes an appearance in the new book four. Um, I, she probably won't be in book five, but, um, but yeah, you'll, you'll definitely see Jenny again. Excellent. So very excited for that. Very nice. She and plays then, a very small, but crucial role. Small. That's right. And, and not as food. <laughs> <laughs> not as bacon, not as breakfast. No. No, because we love her. She's a mother by by the time you get to book four. <laughs> That's right. Oh, mother. Um, let's see. So, Chris, do you happen to have any questions for Kevin? I did not prepare any. Sorry. No, it's okay. You don't have to. I was just curious. Let's see. Hmm. I can come up with one. I can think of one. I'm good at thinking on my feet. Are you standing? I'm not, which is why it's taken a while. <laughs> That's good at thinking on his ass. <laughs> much so. less, much less good at that. <laughs> I do have one which gets a little uh, nerdy, <laughs> but Perfect. I love, I love the way that you, um, the way that you include magic and and the sorcerers how they kind of dig into their power the longer they stay in one place mm -hmm. um i was i was wondering if you had any particular inspiration for that um for that segment if it came from anywhere or if it was just something uh from from your own brain that i don't think it came from anywhere um you know sometimes i uh i will like 
what was it that we watched? Is Butch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Um, I I Lena had never seen it, and I wanted to show it to her, so we watched it on TV, and I realized, holy shit, that's Keen and Sarah. Um, and and you know that was I didn't realize it. I didn't I didn't know that 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 was that that was where I had, um, you know. Uh, Model that I modeled that relationship until I watched the movie again after 20 years. Um, but I don't think so. I think it was just sort of an organic process of, uh, you know, where I started with the magic system and slowly built on it. And um, it, it just kind of grew. Um, it wasn't, and and it, that was not that wasn't even an original part of it, that that sort of came along later. Um, but I did like it. Um, and once I once I I thought about it, it it took an increasing importance in the story. And it's a it, it by the end, it's a it's a huge piece of it. Yeah. It's and what I you know not not having read past uh, the two that I've recorded, but. Um, uh, except for a little of the manuscript today, uh, but I uh, I like that. So sometimes you feel like um, it almost breaks the balance of the world whenever the magic users are super powerful. so grounding it where there's a place of power and you have to be strategic about where and when to to do that and that. And I, I really like that that added aspect to it. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really important in Big Damn Magic. So I love it. I'm actually surprised you didn't plan it from the very beginning. It's one of those, it must be one of those things. I've done that too as a writer, right? Where you, you're writing and suddenly this thing comes to you and you're like, oh, that makes that other stuff make sense. I got it now. <laughs> well, the magic was almost not even in book one. I mean, you just get mm -hmm. little little hints of it here and there. Mm -hmm. Um and now I, I think I think I had uh, pretty much everything set in place before before that book was over. Um, but uh, it didn't it didn't really start coming up until later when, you know, you have characters who are sort of coming into their own magically. And so you learn more about these things as they do. Um, and uh and that's, you know, that's when they started becoming more story forward. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't say too much more without talking about, you know, where everything's headed. Um, but, uh, it's a secret. The thing is, they're a lot of fun to do. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's all that world building stuff, but, um, but it's, they're really fun thought experiments to play with and, and, and sort of create their own system of, of natural laws, the way everything flows and works and, and, you know, comes together. And then you, you have other things that once you, once you figure that out, other things will suggest themselves. Well, if you have this and this naturally, you're also going to have this. And then once you get the, all of that put together, you have to figure out how to break it. And that's the that's the most fun part is, you know, because you have people who will naturally try to take advantage of all the loopholes in the system. Right. And so they're going to be trying to they're going to be spending their whole lives figuring out how to break the system. And so and that's what makes it fun because you're you know, you're you're encountering all of these new things that people are throwing up there and and uh, and trying to. Uh, out, outsmart each other with so it's it's a lot of fun i i think it's funny that you say it like that when keen is really a character who does spend his whole life breaking the system and now he is the system so it's very interesting yeah don't expect him to stop thinking like that though <laughs> yeah i don't think he can right it makes sense to me it so. occurred to me the other day that keen is who i would have grown into if i had not met lena and gotten married <gasps> Lena, you're wonderful. I mean, look, Keen is amazing to read, and I love it. And now I'm understanding where Megan comes from. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, it makes sense now. 
This is autobiographical. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing him say, oh, well, you know, he's trying to always break the, rule the system, break the system. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. And you're like, that's nice, dear. Shouldn't you be working? <laughs> That's what Megan would tell Keen. Don't you have a meeting to go to? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Mary has the question. She wants to know how many different curses do you have in the book and do you ever repeat them? Uh, okay, so. <laughs> you know we don't count them, right, Mary? Well, uh, I keep a, uh, a, a, a totally separate file of Keen's curses. Um, because I, I, I try not to, uh, to repeat uh, specifically the Oldham curses. Cain has three different classes of curses that he uses. He uses the Oldham curses. He uses, he has these little, uh, story curses that he comes up with. Um, and, uh, then he also has just the, uh, I don't know, I guess kind of more standard uh, curses, the more standard curses. He repeats, he repeats those a lot. And as a matter of fact, a couple of them are, you know, just sort of standard fare for him. The Oldham curses, I try not to repeat because I think they're really funny and I don't want to, um, dilute them by repeating them too much. And then the story curses are always unique. And I try to make sure that there's at least one per book. Um, and they're, you know, usually a paragraph or two long, um, and uh, of course, those those don't get repeated. So I, I don't know how many there are. I've never counted them, um, but I do keep a list. So, Chris, how many times did you die laughing reading one of the curses? Oh, almost every time. <laughs> I, I think the worst, though, was <laughs> the only time I was ever like, come on, Kevin, was I didn't know how to pronounce one of the words, so I googled it, and it came oh, with no. images <laughs> that I can never forget. <laughs> that was a night. That was a oh, I know which one that was. <laughs> chat, we gotta know. <laughs> You're now so, gonna have to get the book to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so I had to look it up. And I told I told my wife after that I was like, "Do not be bothered by my Google history. If by any chance you look up like it's it's, a, it's for research purposes, like you can really use that like, for research purposes." <laughs> I swear, dear research. I swear. <laughs> oh, that's the best story ever. Um, oh, but Dave has a question for you, Chris. He wants to know how much time does one spoken hour usually take to actually record? It depends on how good you are at editing. Um, I'm at the not great end. And you normally, you when you get a book, you normally multiply it by five. Or if you're, if you're having to do it part-time, you multiply it by 10 even. Um, so so a lot of times you're, you're because there are, three no four steps that you have to do you do the initial recording and then uh you clean up everything the the clicks the the noise the extra noises that you're making if your cat sneaks into your booth and you have to redo stuff you you go through and you clean all that up and uh then you you re-edit it um no actually then i don't i typically um read it or read along and make sure that I'm staying as close as possible uh, to the the source material because it's got to be word for word. And so you, uh, well, <laughs> Kevin, that's <laughs> close to word for word, right? but uh, <laughs> but yeah. And so uh, so I read along with the material while listening to it again. And then there's what's called mastering, where you make it ready, you make everything louder, you. You do compression and limiting and all this technical jargon that that uh, you that in order to send it off. So so yeah. By by the end, uh, it's a good when you when you're first learning, expect a good five hours to one hour of of uh, mm. finished audio. Yeah. That's serious work, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, I'm starting it's... to realize I'm underpaying you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, right. It is. When, once everyone discovers this series. Yeah, we're all being underpaid. You're right. You're right. Including me. So. Um, but it is a lot of work and and I've, I've pointed a lot of jokes at her but my wife jumped in when she had this last one when she she's a teacher and so when everything hit lockdown she was home for a while and so she actually listened and helped with that editing process and and it was so funny because kevin i think that was around the time you sent me an email that was like hey these are these are you know cleaner i think you're getting better at the, <laughs> the editing part and i was like yeah okay, that's me. <laughs> will you tell her thanks from me <laughs> and that i'm sorry <laughs> and uh but but yeah, it's great. It's great uh, being with someone, you know, Kevin mentioned making, making them better. And it's great with being with someone where I taught her how to edit. And then a few days later, she was like, hey, do it this way. And I was like, that's better. Yeah, that's better. And you know, so, actually, that brings up something that I'd like to, to, to say to you because, and, and for other people who are listening to the, to the audiobook, uh, Chris will frequently hear a character very differently from the way that I heard them when I wrote them. And I love it. Um, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, un unless, and I actually, I can't think of the, the, this, this happening, but I, unless there's like some actual discrepancy, but I, I don't, I don't think it's happened. Um, I, I just say, you know, run with it um, because I, and I, I didn't I didn't know about uh, your performance background that that Kelly uh, was talking about earlier, but it doesn't surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a lot of fun to hear the things that you made um, live through somebody else's eyes. Um, and and I just uh, I I, I kind of wanted I kind of wanted everybody to know. Uh, who who does listen to the audiobooks that it's a real collaboration um and and uh Lena this goes for you as well and and Kelly I I feel like I just lucked into this amazing group of people um that that have been so instrumental in putting this together um I I once told uh uh, we, I was talking to Kevin Anderson about uh, a short story that he had picked for a, an anthology. And, and I Point said, to the cover. Well, it's right behind you. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's your right yeah, hand. Back there. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> he was, he was talking about it and, and I was saying, you know, well, I had, you know, I had the editor help me on this and, you know, and, and all I did was write it. And he thought that that was really funny that I would, that I would say that. But in a situation like this, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I wrote it, but it doesn't live without everybody else. And, and boy, it, it, the people here are so talented and so wonderful to work with. And I just feel so fortunate. It's, it's just amazing. And, and I, I really thank you all. Hey, you're a pleasure to work with, man. You make deadlines. That's something that every editor begs for. So that's good. And it's always entertaining when I read it, as Chris well knows. <laughs> and there's something really nice about reading something entertaining as well. So it's, it's well, wonderful. Good. That's the goal. That's the, well, it works. That's the benefit to running my own publishing company. I only have to publish stuff I actually like. So it's <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Superstars. I know we talk about a lot in this podcast, but that's important. And Kevin and I sat next to each other at Superstars, and that's how all the magic happened. Yeah. So, Superstars was everything. Yep. It really was. It really was. So that's awesome. So I am wondering, Chris, do you have a um, selection of Big Damn Magic that you'd like to read for our audience? Yes. Yes, oh. I do. Y'all are in for a treat. <laughs> and speak. Oh, no, I don't anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to see how the recordings happen. I get this now. <laughs> right. That is something that I was, you know, worried about when I, because you know how it always goes, that, uh, that kernel of doubt that hits you 
where I was like, what if I mess up and then they'll know that I mess up? And Well, now you've explained the whole process. So we know you edit it. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Beyond the hall, extending down and curling around the falls, lay the town of Finrath. It glowed in blue moonlight punctuated by its own orangey-yellow points of illumination. The town looked quaint and quiet from this vantage. A few taller buildings higher up the slope gave way to modest but sturdy homes further down. The waterfall dropped downward into darkness, and Keen could not tell if it pushed out into some stream or river or fell away beneath the earth. Now that is a magnificent sight, Sobney said. His grin so wide that his face appeared to split in half. As Queen Nefret is told by the soldier in the parable of the angry wind, though my sword and the arm that swings it belongs to my king, my soul belongs to she who placed such wonders in the world. This from someone who won't look twice at a fine young woman's ass, said Morhalt. I am looking at an ass right now. Sobney said, shook his head and frowned at Morhalt. The waterfall continues to be the more breathtaking. This really isn't my best light, Morhalt replied. The mercenaries and their guests traversed the stone path behind the fall, which led them to the east wing of Finrath Hall and a pair of wide double doors. Two night blue liveried guards waited there for them beside a glass lantern. The hall made Keen feel small. Red timbers, ten feet on a side, soared upwards and projected strength and power. All of this rested beneath a natural vault, hundreds of feet high of smoothly curving stone. The whole of it felt impressive, but crushing. The water crashed too loud for conversation here, though it was not the earth-shaking clamor Keen expected. This would be hell on a person's constitution, he thought, with consideration for the guards. Could you ever get used to this much noise? With relief, Keen stepped into the lamp-lit doorway. Inside the warm and smoky-scented hall, the rumble subsided to a muted thrum that Keen more felt in his feet than heard. It lulled him. Without thought, his hand found Megan's, and they followed the guards together down the long hallway. Inside was a little different. Strength and size guided the architecture. Yellowed plaster and wide beams conveyed a sense of rustic authority. Those who strode these tall rooms and halls held mastery over this part of the world, and they wanted everyone to know it. Nice house, Raven observed. Hands off, snapped Eli. These folks is paying customers. Just saying, Raven raised her arms in mock surrender, then crossed them over her chest. It's nice. Homey, if you're a giant anyway. The two guards led them to a pair of tall double doors made of polished redwood. Keen could hear yelling on the other side. He gripped Megan's hand. Though which of them most needed the reassurance was an open question. Don't forget, she whispered to him, you're their king. They swore fealty to the crown, and that's you. Keen squeezed her hand in reply. He should have been taking notes of all of Megan's advice. By the way, there's something you ought to know, boy. Hardin spoke to Keen in a hushed voice. I don't hate you anymore. At Keen's incredulous expression, the old mercenary glowered and went on. I don't mean I like you, just that everything from here on out really is about money. It ain't personal. A dozen cutting responses flashed through Keen's head, but he settled on the most important to him. Why is that? What's different now? And why should I trust you? I don't care who you trust. Hardin's expression collected gloom from the shadows between sconces and held it hollow and black. But as for what's different, I almost killed you back then. Figured I had. Stabbed you through the lungs, as I recollect. And it lost me the one thing I was doing it for. 
Sarah, Keene said. Hardin's eyes narrowed and he nodded. If there's to be any chance of ever getting back in her good graces, I reckon the not-killing of you could only help. And maybe now you're a king and all, you're not holding her back as much as I thought. You're a fucking bucket of virtue, Keen said. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I love it! That's awesome. Great scene, too. Good choice. So that's Big Damn Magic, and I know everyone wants it badly, so I put the link right there so that you can have it, because um, you want it, because we all want it, because it's amazing. I said it's going to be your new favorite um, series. So, Chris, good job. Thank you very much. Thank you. And yeah, thanks a bunch. It's amazing. And I'm going to have, real quick, um, Zafo bring up the logo for Cursed Dragonship. Because I also want to share that Lena Shore is not only an amazing cover artist, um, she's also, as her bio said, a graphic designer, which I hear she does, like, that's her normal job, not the, like, cover <laughs> thing, but I don't know. I think you need to branch out because it's pretty amazing. But so she also designed our logo. So you did a great job, Lena. What was your inspiration for the logo? You? <laughs> Me? Oh, I'm inspired. <laughs> Why? Because I'm round and obnoxiously colorful? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, we just, we, we had a conversation and, and you know, the name of the company and we talked about, uh, I think we ended up sort of talking about colors and what it was going to look like small and uh, I, I got all that from you. <laughs> well, it's awesome. You did amazing. So I might have talked you through it as in told you what I liked, but you translated what I liked. And that's very important for a graphic artist. So anyone, anyone out there who's looking for it, where can they find you, Lena? Oh, you can go to my website at lenashore.com. That's L-E-N-A-S-H-O-R-E.com. Excellent. And Chris, you did a fantastic job reading. So good Thank job, you. especially on the fly. So I realized like that the first time he saw it. I realized that I forgot to give you any of my website stuff. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pop it in the stream down here. You can't, or what you, I'll put it in the notes. So okay. I don't stress too much about that. But what okay. I do want you to okay. do is for the recording is tell people they're looking for a narrator and I'm assuming you'll yeah. do any kind of voice work that they need. If oh, you would yes, please would say where people can find yes. you. It is uh, blanketfortvo.com. Uh, Excellent. All right. So they can go there and get a hold of you there. That's great, That's Chris. And Kevin, our author, wonderful creator of this amazing Misplaced Mercenaries. Uh, where can people find you and more of your work? Uh, KevinPetway.com. Uh, oh, actually, uh, also, um, right now, I am, I am also publishing two different uh, webcomic series on Facebook. Um, so if you just go to Facebook and, and, and type it into the search, uh, the first one is Covidon, um, uh, C-O-V-I-D-O-N, the, the tiny town of Covidon, um, which is just... I what inspired that name. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so actually, I, very quickly, um, as something to do when, when we were trapped in our houses, I started ordering these little uh, cardboard buildings to put together. They're like sort of like puzzles. Um, and they were a lot of fun. And once I got started doing them, they were, you know, I just kept getting them. And finally, I had this gigantic table full of them. And I was like, I have to do something with them. So I, I started making uh, the webcomic uh, out of these, uh, you know, in, in this little town that I built. Um, and so that's that's the, the and it's just sort of like a generic fantasy ish kind of thing, except it's it's very tongue in cheek and you know lots of uh, uh, you know more modern references. But anyway, the other one uh, is a uh, it's actually a D and D comic. It's called Heroes of Lesser Earth, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it. I finished the comic years and years ago. And it had its own website and, and stuff, but we we took that down, and and so I'm I'm re republishing the, the the comic, and it's you know, it, you know nobody saw it the first time, so um, <laughs> you know it's kind of new to everybody, uh, and that's that is that is actually a, a Dungeons and Dragons comic, but you know, 
if if you appreciate fantasy and fantasy tropes at all, you'll you'll be fine with it. Uh, but if you happen to be a Dungeons and Dragons player, you, you know, or, or any kind of fantasy role play, any kind of role playing game, uh, and that's sort of based on all of my role playing experience and all of the, the people that I have met uh, gaming, and and you know, there's you, a lot of people sort of fit into different tropes. Um, but uh, anyway, so there's 800 of those, and you know, it's it, it'll be going for a while. So, uh, Covidin and Heroes of Lesser Earth um, and KevinPetway.com. Perfect. Excellent. And for those of you interested, um, A Good Running Away is the first one in this series, and it will be on sale for 99 cents, the ebook version, um, tomorrow through the 12th. So if you really, you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds so exciting because I know you do um, and you really want to start it, that would be a great place to start. Um, also, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is available for free on there so you can get it there. And the paperback book, um, all three of them are out and they are available wherever you would like. And the audio version is available on um, Audible and iTunes and um, I think those are the big ones, Audible and iTunes. And so you can find the Audible on those places, too. So please go wherever wherever you love to get your books and uh, get your wonderful copy. And we want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Thank you, Kevin, Lena, and Chris. It has been a true pleasure. Um, I thank know you, that we Kelly. will be seeing more of you guys in the future. Awesome. And yeah, I also, certainly hope so. Excellent. <laughs> And for anyone who wants to support, please make sure to leave reviews of books. Um, it's the author's best friend. If you please leave a review wherever you get your books or your Audible, wherever you get, um, however you consume your data. We're no judging. I don't care. Just have fun. And then we will, um, and please leave a review for this podcast as well. Also, wherever you get your podcast, we greatly appreciate it. And we will see you next week where we're interviewing um, Adam Gavin. So that'll be fun. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.